Welcome again, everybody, to Ethos Online. We're so glad that you're hanging out with us today and, uh, and just took some time out of your Sunday to be with us right here for Ethos Online. And I uh, hope that you're doing well. Uh, we have some really great resources on our website for your kids as well. So if you have any little ones um, in your home or want to send those resources to any of your friends, um, they can follow along with what Ethos Kids is doing. It's a really great resource, too, for parents in this season of, of being quarantined and kind of being isolated as a family. Uh, it's a great opportunity for us to connect with our kids around the topic of Jesus and what it is that we're going through um, in, in Ethos Kids. also wanted to continue to encourage everybody to connect with people. I think in this season, more than ever, we have a great opportunity to really be the hands, the feet, the uh, the expression of who Jesus is as his body. And so we're reaching out to people, even though we are practicing social distancing uh, and physical distancing, we don't have to practice relational distancing. And so we want to be a community who leans even further into our culture, uh, that we're in this together. Uh, one of the things that we are really excited about that, that you probably heard about at this point is that we've launched an initiative called Serve Columbus. In fact, you can visit the website, servecolumbus.org, and we're in partnership with several other churches all across our city, all in an effort to create an opportunity for people to uh, to serve, for people to, to give, for people to find resources, for people to find um, different organizations that we're partnering with and want to support who are on the front lines in this effort uh, uh, that revolves around the coronavirus. Uh, we also have some great resources for just different articles for moms and dads and families and singles and just it's a really great resource so we encourage you to check out servecolumbus.org also wanted to quickly update you just this past week we were able to partner with some other churches on the north side of columbus that we together it would provide some meals for all intensity students while they were on spring break during a season where the school wasn't able to um, provide meals for them and so we want to thank your generosity uh, ethos for just being a people who lean into um, identifying that generosity really is our privilege and that servant leadership really is the identity through which we want to we want to live by. So here we are in week three of our collection called The Rhythms of Jesus. And really today is part two of a teaching that we're doing um, called Permission to Rest. Uh, we found ourselves kind of pathologically busy. In fact, being busy, um, uh, kind of generally speaking, crosses class lines, race lines, and certainly even geographical lines. I mean, you could be a CEO in India or a single mom in a rural community in central Ohio, and you are undoubtedly probably very busy, except right now in this particular season, we're not. And I think there's a lot of beauty that God is calling all of us to lean into as it relates to what it looks like to slow down and allow a new pace to become the new rhythm of our lives. I think for, for so many of us right now, uh, we have come to such a quick stopping point. And within that, that forced halt, so to speak, we've been asking ourselves this question, what do I do? Like, what do I do now? So amidst the uh, economic fears, physical fears, emotional pain, relational pain that we may be experiencing in in isolation, even just feeling mentally exhausted from trying to kind of uh, figure out, okay, what do I do? We, we just continue to kind of wrestle with this same question of what's next, what's now, what, what do I do? And we really want to encourage you. And I think as a community, we've been leaning into this idea that we, we need to reframe the season that we're in. 
Because I really believe that in this season that God is wanting to speak to us in such a way that allows us to redeem this season for his glory and for, for our good too. Which is why we're talking about this, this idea of the rhythms of Jesus. Without getting too far into it, the truth is that we've gotten pretty far away from the rhythm of Jesus as followers of Jesus, especially before uh, all of this coronavirus really, really kind of took place. So today's part two of this conversation that we're calling Permission to Rest. Yeah, so last week we read from Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. And Jesus is talking here and he asks us these questions. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Mm-hmm. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And, you know, we talked about how we kind of live in this mentality of faking it until we make it. And that that really the society and the culture that we live in is so vastly different from what Jesus is asking us to lean into here. Right. You know, we feel this need to constantly make it seem like we're fine, we have it all together, busy is good, feeling overwhelmed is good because it means we're just going after so many different things. And yet Jesus is encouraging us here like, hey, I really want to teach you a better way. So mm-hmm. lean into me, stop and take time, and let's do this together. Yeah, so we, we identified last week kind of two main points, that Jesus is calling us to rest. The first one is that he's calling us to rest from saying yes. And we began to kind of unpack what that looks like and how many of us fill our calendars with good things, but not necessarily always God things. And most of what we fill our calendars with is a result of, of not wanting to disappoint somebody, not wanting to be left out of something, but then we find ourselves in this rat race of life, and as a result, we feel tired, we feel burned out, we feel worn out, and we kind of dismiss the invitation of Jesus that Courtney read a moment ago in Matthew 11, where he's saying, I want to invite you to rest. And so we find ourselves saying in this season, um, no to everything, simply because we have to. And yet I think there's a beautiful redemption in that though too that I think God really wants us to lean into. And the second thing we talked about is is we got to rest when we're attacked. And we kind of closed with this point last week, but we've we've all been attacked before, whether it's a physical attack, whether it's a mental, emotional, maybe even a financial attack, especially in this season. I think that's a burden that a lot of people are carrying. It's a care and a concern that a lot of people, a lot of us are are aware of and for good reason, but 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 God really still calls us to come to this place of rest. And he says we can rest even when we're attacked because in Exodus 14, verse 14, this is just one scripture among many, but it illustrates it so beautifully where it says that the Lord will fight for you. You need only to simply be still and let God fight your battles. Yeah, you know, I think that one of the best ways that we can actually let God fight our battles is for us to to do our fighting in prayer. Yeah. And, and yet within that, this is going to take us to our third way that we can lead into rest, which is to rest in prayer. Yeah. I think it's interesting that we even need to highlight that. But I think sometimes we've made prayer out to be such this checklist of things that we feel we have to do perfectly. And it has to be long enough. It has to sound good enough. We have to word it just right. Did I cover all of the basics? Did I fully express myself to God? And, and we, we almost feel like, Prayer has to be perfect, mm. and it becomes this 
apt of sorts and we start to get away from it really being genuine and, yeah. and so we want to lean into it what Jesus highlights for us in Matthew chapter 6 in verses 5 through 11 he says when you pray don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them I tell you the truth that that's all their reward that's all that they're ever going to get mm. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Yeah. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. And, you know, I think that, for me, I would say that the times that I have found myself in this, this kind of routine, in this trap of feeling like, uh, I'm not praying enough, or I didn't pray enough, and that's why my prayer wasn't answered the way that I thought it should mm -hmm. be, or I feel like I have to pray just perfectly, I think it's because... Oftentimes we get the purpose of prayer, the reward of prayer wrong, right. where we think that the reward of prayer is for God to answer our prayer the way that we want him to answer it. Right. And I don't think that's, that's it. I think that the reward of prayer is really the peace of God. Mm. And I think when we really learn to rest in our, in our prayer life, when we really learn to go to God in prayer, I and mean, this is a genuine thing, this mm -hmm. is a conversation between us and God. There's not a special formula where it has to fit in this certain way. I don't have to pray like somebody else prays. I'm just, this is just my relationship with God. I'm going to him. I'm laying my cares before him. I'm holding my life open-handed. And I think that we would all say this. I think that we would all say, we're really what? glad that there are some prayers in our life that uh -huh. God didn't answer the way that we wanted him to. Like I would say, um, we would not be married right now. Why? Because I You prayed, didn't want to marry me? <laughs> I prayed that I would marry Kenny Lofton long before I prayed that I would marry you. So I do look a lot different. like Kenny Lofton though, don't I? I mean not even a little. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, babe. This is what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm glad that, you know, God answered prayer Let's the cut way this that out. He felt Let's cut this was out. best. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, and we, we would all agree with that, right? So 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 what you, you said it like this that, that the reward of prayer is peace, not necessarily answered prayer. And, and the truth is, is that, that actually what we're searching for is peace. We think what we're searching for is the answer to the prayer, but really we're, we are making the assumption that the answer to that prayer will bring about peace. Yeah. And God says, no, no, it's not. I, I, I know what I'm doing. I've, I've got this. Just come to me and trust that as you pray, I will give you what you're really searching for, which is peace. And he says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, don't worry about anything, but rather pray about everything. Look at that connection there for just a moment. Don't worry, but pray. And so the replacement of worry is prayer. And when we pray, we receive peace. And, he, and it's so interesting too, because Paul actually wrote the entire book of Philippians while he was, while he was imprisoned. So he, he wrote this, this letter to the church at Philippi while he was in Rome being imprisoned. And he's telling these people, don't worry, just pray. If anybody had authority to tell somebody not to worry, it's somebody who is being imprisoned. And he goes on, he says, with thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and your requests to God. Then because you belong to Jesus Christ. I love that. I love that. I think we, we pass over that first part of verse seven too quickly because we love the rest of what verse six and seven says. But because you belong to Jesus, think about that. As followers of Jesus, you belong to to Jesus. That's a really comforting thought, especially in this season, that there we, we've got a we've got a we've got a God, a big brother, so to speak, a leader who cares for us in such a way. He's like, look, no, no, look, you, you belong to me. I've, I've got you. And he goes on, he says, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. 
And it's this type of peace that will control the way that you think and the way that you feel. A friend of mine, Grady, he's one of the Young Life Area Directors uh, here in, in Columbus. He sent me this, this really interesting uh, um, article, and, and, and it, I thought it was so cool. It, it, it basically highlighted that almost half of Paul's writings came while he was either imprisoned or under house arrest. And we certainly can't compare what we're experiencing right now to what Paul is experiencing. We're not imprisoned right now, but we are isolated. And what's interesting is that, that here we are today being fed by the fruit of that season of Paul's life. Yeah. I, I wonder how many songs will come out of this season that would have never come out had we not been forced to rest. I wonder how many business ideas will come out in this season because we've never been forced to slow down and simply pray and ask the Lord for wisdom. I wonder how many ideas moms will have about ways that they can raise and lead and nurture their children and dads can learn to lean into and actually pastor their families yeah. and their kids and their neighborhoods and their communities well because we've been forced to... I wonder how many creative, innovative ideas will come as a result of this. I believe that God is redeeming this season. Uh, we, we, we are here slowing down and and it's exactly like, I mean, this is what God does. He, he takes all things and works them together for the good of those who love him and are called according to, and are called by his, by his name. He's into redeeming the challenging seasons of our lives. He's, he's, he's interested in always providing peace in and throughout those seasons of our lives as well. Because prayer, hear me, this is it right here. I mean, if you get nothing else, this is it. Prayer is the pathway to peace. It's, it's not just venting to a friend. And there, there is a time and a place for that. It's, it's, it's certainly not just gossiping. It's, it, prayer, it's prayer. Prayer is the pathway to peace. It's not studying more books and reading more news articles and trying to figure out exactly what I do with my stocks in this season when the market is crumbling. Prayer is the pathway to peace. And so sometimes I'm asked this question, how long do I pray? And I, I would say it's, it's simple. You pray until you have the peace that only prayer can bring because you belong to Jesus. And so, so if at a certain point you pray and you experience, okay, I feel it, I have peace. I gave that to God. I feel his peace. And the next day you begin to feel anxious and worried again. You pray again. You keep offering that to God and allow his peace to continue to flood and overwhelm you. My, my, my grandpa uh, passed away several years ago now, but he, he's a legend in my family. And he used to have the most long, elaborate prayers at Thanksgiving, but he would actually think it's funny. Like, like he, he was would literally like preach the entire message of Jesus Christ during this prayer. During Thanksgiving prayer, yes. And so all the food is on the table, and we're like, Grandpa. And and if you kind of opened your eyes and would peek, you'd see Grandpa kind of smirking because he knew like this was just it was his thing that he did every single year. And so you don't you don't have to pray long prayers. You just pray until you experience God's. God's peace, and God wants to give you that peace. And when we fully surrender our cares and concerns to Him, we begin to experience peace. So we have, we have permission to rest when and after we pray. Yeah. And then the fourth, fourth way that we can really lean in to rest is to learn to rest on the Sabbath. And, you know, I think if we all asked ourselves this question, is God leading my life or am I? I think if we got really honest and we got really raw, we might need an answer that we would want to deny. I think, you know, the truth is, is that to the degree that I give God room in my life is 
to the degree that he can lead me. Mm-hmm. And so am I leaning into my life? Am I leaning into relationships? Am I leaning into all of the responsibilities that I have first? And then am I, then am I going to God? Then am I trying to rest in God? Then am I expecting him to kind of follow behind me and smooth over all the mistakes that I made in the mm-hmm. areas that I dropped the ball in? Or am I saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to lean in to this idea of, of the Sabbath, to this idea of living a Sabbath lifestyle where I'm continually leaning into God and I'm going to God first mm-hmm. and I'm receiving of him so I can then live from that place. You know, I think it's really interesting that when we first see this day of rest mentioned is after God created man. So he creates man, gives them this responsibility, gives them this, there's a purpose for their life. Mm. And there's a responsibility that they've been giving. And God is expecting them to take it seriously. He's expecting them to do it really well. And so in an effort, I think, for, for God to really set man up for success, he's like, hey, before you try to, to do all of this stuff, which is all what I'm asking you to do, I want you to first lean in to right. this idea of resting in me, which is really about us keeping our eyes focused on God. It's really about keeping Jesus first in our life, remembering that we depend on him. I can't be a good wife and a good mom, and I can't, I really can't be good at anything if I'm only living out of an empty cup. So mm-hmm. if I'm not first going to God, if I'm not first leaning into who who it is that God is even calling me to be, right. and I'm not making sure that he's my source and he's my number one, this is where I'm getting, getting everything that I need, then I'm going to have nothing to give anyways. And so I think really the best thing that we can do is really lean into resting in God and let him lead. Yeah, this this idea of the Sabbath is actually a really big topic, one that we're going to lean into even further with a whole separate collection of talks here later on this year. But but I want us to just think about this for a moment and unpack even just a little bit further what Courtney was just saying, that that the Sabbath is really a day that's set apart for God, but but even as a gift for, for man. So, so just for a moment, Exodus chapter 20, verse 10, the, the Lord begins to institute, or God begins to institute the Sabbath, and he says this, that the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, or a day of rest for the Lord your God, and on it you shouldn't do any work. That keeping the Sabbath is actually part of the Ten Commandments, which is kind of interesting because it's the fourth, it's the fourth commandment that God gives. He talks about not murdering, talks about not committing adultery, talks about not stealing, all of which we would say unanimously, yeah, don't do those things, but but a day of rest, yeah, that's up for interpretation. That's up for, you know, your personal preference. But God's like, no, no, look, I've actually made this for you as, a, as an opportunity for you to, to kind of work from a place of rest and rest from a place of, of work. The, the ancient Jews really had two major distinctions that set them apart. They, they, they first were, all the males were circumcised, which we won't get into the nuances of that today or probably any day, but, <laughs> but, but the second one was that they were intended to uh, make the Sabbath a distinctive characteristic of what it meant to, to follow God and allow themselves to be led by Him. Moses is on Mount Sinai where he receives the Ten Commandments from God for 11 chapters in the book of Exodus, the second book in the, in the, in the entire scriptures. And just before he comes down off that mountain, the very last thing 
very last thing that God reminds Moses of is, is this idea of the Sabbath. It's the last thing he t- before Moses comes down, gives these directions to the people. God says this in Exodus 31, verse 13. He says, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbath, for this is a sign. It's a sign between me and you throughout all of your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. In other words, I, the Lord, set you apart. I've set you, I've set you apart. What God is saying is that he's the one who provides for us. It's God that makes us special, holy, prosperous. When we do nothing, God says, I can still do everything. That's the message. Really, the message that he was giving them in Exodus is that while all the other nations are working seven days a week and they're tirelessly and ferociously trying to get ahead and make a name for themselves, I want you to simply rest and trust. I can do more in your six than you could do in your seven. It's It's a show of great faith to rest, something that we're not really comfortable with doing, which is why this season has thrown us for such a loop. Beyond the fact that there's some economic challenges, beyond the fact that there's fear of physical ailments, and all of those are very real, some of what's thrown most of the world off tilt is, is the fact that, that we, are, we are forced to rest. And we can't do anything. We can't, we can't change that. We've been mandated. And, and yet I think God is saying, hey, I, I want you to hit the reset button. And I want you to begin to create this rhythm of rest into your life once again. Yeah, you know, it's interesting um, because it, it definitely goes against the grain of, of culture and what we're really taught, which is if you want more, you, you have to do more. Right. You know, if you want to succeed, then, man, you've got to basically burn yourself out and mm. you can't say no to anything. And, mm. and there's um, just these statistics that we're all familiar with Chick-fil-A, okay? Who doesn't mm. love Chick-fil-A? But... On average, fast food restaurants that are open seven days a week, they bring in a million dollars in gross revenue each year. They're open seven days a week, a million dollars in gross revenue. Chick-fil-A comes on the scene and they say, hey, we like and we believe in this idea of rest. Not only are we going to suggest it, but we're going to create space for it. And people are telling them, you're crazy. Like, you're going to miss out on business. You're missing out on the Sunday crowd. Like... It's not going to work. It, you're, you're just going to hurt from it. Mm. And what, what it shows is that Chick-fil-A actually brings in an average of $5 million in gross revenue each year. So they're open less, and they bring in far more. And I think just leaning into that idea that, man, God can do so much more with our sum than we can do with everything we have but no room for God. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's interesting, too, that in Mark chapter 2, Jesus reframes the Sabbath, and he, he actually says to the people, he says, look, the Sabbath was actually created for man, not man for the Sabbath. I, I, we were talking about this the other, the other night. It's as if God gave the Sabbath to us like a gift. Imagine if somebody gave you a gift on Christmas, and it's wrapped up, and it looks beautiful, and you just... You put all your Christmas decorations away, took down your Christmas tree and all of the lights, but that gift just stayed wrapped forever. You never opened it. It would be so a, these Legos. <laughs> yeah, we 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 regifted a gift to our daughter this year at Christmas because she never we opened realized it. I was in the basement like cleaning stuff out, and I realized I'm like, there's like two things down here from Christmas last year. 
that she hasn't opened, she hasn't played with. I guarantee she doesn't remember that we gave it to her. So we rewrapped them and gave them to her on Christmas. She, didn't she was so excited. She was like, this is awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's exactly what it's like. And, and I think that's what we do sometimes with the gift of the Sabbath. We're like, oh, cool. Yeah, thanks, God. And, and we know that it's there. We know that it's available. But do we fully trust that it's great, that it's good, yeah. and that it was made as a gift for us? And, and I, I want us to just, I mean, right now it's easy. But there's going to come a point where... And it's sooner than, yeah. you know, later, where we're going to get back into this, the busyness of the routines that we were in before all of this slowed us down. But maybe this is an opportunity again for us to say, I'm going to, I want to rest. I'm going to receive the invitation from Jesus to rest. And we're going to choose to even build the, the rhythm of the Sabbath. There's a day within our week where we say, this is the day of just enjoyment and pleasure and fun and just replenishing my soul, whatever that may look like. And we're, we're going to dig into that a little bit more in the very near future. But, but I really believe that God is calling us, inviting us in this season to continue to partake of the rest that he's been inviting us into for the last 2,000 years. We'll close with this. In Psalm 127, verse 2, the psalmist writes, It's useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. I just, I want to pray that over us today, that if you're listening to this at any point, I just, I just want to pray that God would reveal his rest to you and that you would be open to the gift of his rest in your life. Because I bet you there's some of, some of us who are watching who, yeah, we've slowed down physically, and yeah, maybe we're getting more sleep at night, but but there's still all of this just mentally, we're still just going and going, and we haven't disconnected from our phones and emails and social media, and so there's still this emotional toll. Maybe even spiritually, we haven't slowed down and leaned into the practice of taking the first 15 minutes of our day and praying and reading and worshiping. Maybe we haven't just enjoyed some conversation with a friend on FaceTime about nothing, not even just the fear of the news or what's to come tomorrow, but just the pleasure of connecting with a friend and building community virtually. And I just want to encourage us that right now that God's saying, listen, 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 there's a time and a place for work, but I want you to also recognize the gift of my rest. Let's pray together this morning, wherever you're at, if you're comfortable, just to kind of close your eyes to drown out the distractions. If you're not, maybe you're in a park someplace or watching um, a place that would be awkward. Just Let's just agree around this prayer together. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the moments that we had to gather together today. And we ask that you would show us how good you are, how awesome you are, how you fight our battles, how you invite us into a place of rest, how we can offer up our prayers, our concerns to you, and you provide for us peace. And God, anybody who's watching or listening to this right now, I just ask that you give them rest, that even at night, help their soul to slow down, not just their body, but their mind, that they would just, that there would be a peace and a calming that would overwhelm them individually and their families collectively, and that we could be once again defined by your rest, defined again and distinguished again by your peace. We love you so much, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, again, if we can do anything for you, please let us know. Visit our website, ethosoh.com. At the very bottom of our online experience page, 
you will see three different options there. You can let us know if it's your first time. We'd love to send you something. If, uh, if you need prayer for anything, just fill out the information there, and we would love to reach out to you and pray with you. We would also uh, love to uh, just provide any resources that you may need in this season. So if you need help in any way, just let us know, and we really want to be in this together with you. Lastly, if you want to, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want more information about what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, click on that tab at the very bottom of the page, and we'll reach out to you as well. We love you so much, Church Ethos. We can't wait to gather all together again very soon, and uh, we look forward to being uh, with you virtually next weekend um, for Easter as well. We love you so much.